Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to another edition, yet another edition of Ayers on the Road. Uh, but it is actually at a new time and there are lots of new shows on BYU Radio um, this is a new beginning for us, and we hope that we have a lot of new listeners who haven't been with us before. And so let us just give you the briefest kind of an introduction. Why do we do a show, and why is it called Ayers on the Road, and what is it all about? First of all, I'm Richard Iyer, and... This is Linda Iyer. And we are a married couple. We <laughs> have been married for a very long time. We'll divulge later in the show just exactly how long it is. But we have been for many, many years traveling throughout the world, speaking to parents and marriage partners about their families. It's been a wonderful time for us. It's lasted a long time. We wrote our first family or parenting book some 40 years ago. And we're, uh, we're still riding them. We just have never gotten over it. You know what they say about old riders? They never die. They just keep on keep riding. riding books. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now we are. We do have nine children. So we have a little bit of uh, idiosyncratic credit, I guess you could say. Um, and <laughs> Sometimes when people ask us why we had so many, we just say, hey, we needed new material for the books. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they're all grown up and gone and not without their problems and issues. As we always say, you know, when the kids leave home, it just gets bigger and more expensive, but also more fun because uh, they are in charge of themselves and their children. And we have 31 grandchildren as well. So from ages 21 to new babies, two new babies this year. And some of you know that we've had some interesting times with our writing. We, we've been fortunate enough to have some best-selling books. One, one, a New York Times number one bestseller, a book called Teaching Your Children Values that Donahue and Oprah and Primetime Live and Today and CBS Good Morning and Good Morning America all seem to like that book and they just made it into a number one bestseller. And we we're so happy that we've been able to have books that have reached a lot of parents. For one thing, that has given us a lot of feedback. And we have been listening as well as speaking to parents literally around the world for many, many years, decades now. And we've learned a lot, Linda. I, I think it's fair to say that um, we're not the experts. In fact, it always worries us a little when people say these are parenting experts or these are family experts or these are marriage experts, because frankly, every marriage is different. Every family is different. Every child is different. And each parent or each marriage partner needs to learn to try to be an expert in their own situation. And all we've tried to do over these many years through books and speaking is to sort of, sort of stimulate new ideas, new thought, and, and most important, to stimulate priorities so that we're all working the hardest on the thing that's most important to us, which is our family. Well, one advantage we have is a lot of years of experience, and we have tried so many ideas. <laughs> our poor kids, they really were guinea pigs, and you know, some of them worked, most of them didn't. But um, it really was. Some of them so worked. Good. Oh, you mean, you don't mean the kids the worked. Ideas, you mean some yeah. of our ideas worked. 
I'd say the majority of our ideas, ideas didn't work. Right. Oh, I would do that. That's what I'm saying. You know, there are so many thousands of them. But um, we've kind of kept the ones that have worked with our kids and have passed them on. And we really enjoy doing this, although we are um, gearing down just a titch. We're doing more online now um, with the what's Zoom. Well, we're trying not to things. speak it. We're not trying not to travel quite as much. There have been years when we've been gone half the time. And that's a little too much, and we want to kind of stick a little closer to home. And well, so it's shows like this on BYU Radio that allow us to sit here in our kitchen and have grandkids over later in the day and still have a chance to talk to you as fellow parents and marriage partners. However, we have been on the road this week, and in the sky, we traveled to Michigan to a sweet island called Mackinac Island, right up the tip of Michigan. And honestly, we had the most fun. It is a fantastic island where there are no cars at all. We have been with so many horses this week and bicycles, <laughs> horses and, bicycles. and lots of pooper scoopers going up and down the streets and uh, at a gorgeous hotel called the Grand Hotel which is has a fabulous history it's one of the uh, one of the how many famous oh, wood there's, there's old only wood 11 hotels. of these old wood hotels wood frame hotels that were built mostly by railroads as destination resorts and there used to be hundreds of them but now it's down to about 11 and this this wonderful grand hotel with a porch that is 650 feet long uh, overlooking Lake Michigan. Yeah, and 400 rooms. Um, if if you've ever seen Somewhere in Time, that famous oh, kind of a cult old. movie, we <laughs> saw it before we went, and it's, the acting is just really bad, but it is so well, fun. Well, it's, it's Jane become... Seymour and Christopher Reeves, and they're, right. they're having this wonderful romance. It's a chick flick. Chicks. Oh, it's kind of a cult <laughs> scene, uh, movie now. People really follow that. But um, the interesting thing is that they built that huge thing, 400-room hotel, in 90 days. Now, where are those people now? Where are those kind of workers these <laughs> days? But I, I'm glad you brought that up, Linda, because that's another way to introduce ourselves to any new listeners who are here today. Basically, our books have, over the years, led to a lot of speaking invitations, and we try to go to as many of these invitations as we get. We're, we're a group of parents. It could be a corporate meeting. It could be an association. It could be young presidents organizations, what this one was. But we always speak on parenting and on marriage and on families. And um, this was a good one. This was a wonderful one. We had a chance to speak twice for 90 minutes each time, one on marriage and the other one on parenting. And we had really such a good time with these young couples. They seem young. I mean, some of them married for 20 years, uh, or one of them was 25 years, so they're down the road a bit. But um, it was really a delight because this was with the Young Presence Organization, which we have been around the world with five times. We've been to about 50 countries. And you think, wow, wait a minute, do people parent in China, um, in Thailand? The same way as the they do way? here? And actually the answer is yes. Every, everybody wants the same thing for their kids. They want responsible, uh, self-motivated kids who are not entitled. And um, it really has been a fun ride. But here's the interesting thing. We are um, 
We're, we're kind of divulging this for the first time publicly, Linda, to, to our listeners right here on BYU Radio. We are working now on a book on marriaging. We're all working on parenting. It's, it's a title. It's a section in the bookstore. It's, it's a science, parenting. But what about marriaging? And it's, it's interesting that some people say to us, well, how, how is it that you've written books on family, you've written over 30 books on families, but you've never yet done one on, on I'm marriage. I'm marriaging. <laughs> but I, I'm imagining now an interview at some point in time, Linda, after we finally produce our first book on marriage, and some interviewer is going to say something like this. Uh, Mr. Iyer, inexplicably, you have written more than 30 books on family and parenting, but you waited until now to do your first book on marriage. Linda and Richard, why is that? And I've got my answer all prepared. Do you want to hear it? I'm sure, I think say, I know what it is. We've, <laughs> well, we've been too dumb until now. We, it takes us until no, now wait, wait, to wait, figure wait. it out. Wait, wait, wait. You're ruining my answer. I, right. I've got it all figured out in my head. I'm going to say, well... It actually is explicable. We didn't want to write about it until we figured it out ourselves, and that has taken us 50 years. <laughs> See, we're having our 50th wedding anniversary next year, and we're going to release this book on marriage, bang, right on our anniversary in July of 2019. And people who have wondered why we haven't written a marriage book until now, well, here it is. So you'll be glad to know that we never argue anymore. We really <laughs> do. We just go right along this path together, and it's all sunshine and roses. We love each other, ha, and ha, we ha. Never, <laughs> never argue. Honestly, maybe it's gotten worse. No, no, we did used to argue more when we were first married, and uh, we've had a lot of solutions of things that we've done to work that out. And actually, we we don't argue as much, but we disagree uh, a lot. Um, no, the we way don't to even. Do things. We don't even interrupt each other anymore. We only interject. Oh, really? <laughs> Is that what you call all those interruptions? Right. And oh. And we haven't. I don't think we argue any less. I don't think we disagree any less. I think that we just have a more wonderful way to make up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we have figured out a few things that will um, hopefully be helpful to others. Some of you out there may have a much more homogeneous marriage than ours has been. But, you know. Homogeneous. We, that sounds boring. We Well, no. But we, we think actually the working things out is part of the fun. And um, it, it has been quite a ride. So here's the thing. We are. We want to extend a special invitation to all of you listeners to kind of take this journey with us, this journey of trying to put on paper, trying to f finish this book on marriage that we've literally been working on for 50 years. And I'll give you a couple of invitations. Number one, we are just launching on this show a little mini-series that we're calling the 10, the top 10 ideas or tips for a stronger marriage. We've done a couple of them already. And so if you want to play a little catch up football, you can go on byuradio.org and you can go back the, to the first two. There's a couple we've already done and we're going to do eight more of what we think are the top 10 ideas we've ever run into 
in terms of strengthening marriage. We're also putting them online. And, and if any of you are Instagrammers, we would invite you to follow us on Richard Linda Iyer. If you're on Instagram, just type in the search bar, Richard Linda Iyer, all run together. And you'll come to our little Instagram site where every week on Friday, because we think weekends are sort of the, the time for courtship that continues into the marriage and for communication in the marriage. And so every Friday, you'll find one of these top 10 marriaging tips. And we know that, you know, by by the average American uh, statistic, more maybe not quite half of you it might be single parents out there. There are a lot of single parents and, and we're not going to specifically do this week after week because we something always comes up and we go back to family and, and general parenting. But marriaging is really important if you are with a partner and with if you want something to stay. Now, in case you're worried that we're just going to babble on about ourselves for this whole radio show today, we are going to get into something we think is very interesting and maybe it's a good sort of entree to the whole subject of strengthening marriage. We're going to present you with a dozen or so myths that we think are myths about marriage. They're things that most people think are true, but they're actually not true. We think they work against a good marriage instead of for a good marriage. And we're going to run through those after this brief break. So let's take a, a little break. And when we come back, we'll have another 10 or 15 or minutes and we'll talk about these myths of marriage. Be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back um, on our new show of Ayers on the Road, a new time, and hopefully some new listeners. But welcome back, those of you who follow us along. It's so funny because we just talked to a computer and we kind of don't know where this is going. But we are often now having people saying, I'm following you on Irons on the Road. It's kind of a delight knowing there's somebody listening. In places you wouldn't believe. We've been overseas and had people say they, they listened on Irons on the Road. I'm like, how did you do that? Well, we did it online. X or uh, XM or, Radio. Or, or people all over this, all over the states listening on, on, uh, on satellite radio. And now so many listening along the Wasatch Front right on the new radio station. So we're excited to be with you now. On the topic today of marriage, let us read you a few little statements and talk about whether you think they're true or whether you think they're a myth. Okay? Linda, how about the first one right okay. up to the word? All right. Equality should be the goal for your relationship or your marriage. Now, how could you argue with that? Equality should be the goal for your relationship or for your marriage. Is that true or is that a myth? Well, I guess we're not equal. You're in charge of me. You always tell me what to do. <laughs> sure. That, that truly is a myth. I mean, equality breeds competition and comparing and criticism. And it's really better to strive for a marriage with synergistic oneness, wouldn't you say? Yeah, think about that for a minute. Equality. It sounds good, and of course we want to be equal in the sense that we value each other equally and so on, but when you're when you're sort of preoccupied with equality, 
we see a lot of couples who are like, well, I don't think we're quite equal. You need more of this, and I need to have more say of this, and you need to have, it's as though equality is sameness, and it's constantly kind of a, a struggle. It's almost well, like a competition. It, yeah, it depends on the era of time that you are. I mean, when a, a wife or a husband is in school full time, the other partner's got to take up the slack. There's no way things can be equal. And, and that goes on and on throughout a marriage because there are times when you just can't be equal. You've got to take more of the load or, um, or help in a different way. And so synergy and oneness to us are better terms because they mean, hey, we're different. We have different strengths. We have different abilities. But, but we're value, we value them, and we're thinking of ourselves not as two entities trying to become equal all the time, but as one entity, a oneness where there's a lot of synergy. Okay. Number two, what do you think? Is this a truth or, or a myth? In a good marriage, partners grow more and more alike. Well, I have to say that there are some really older couples, like, 80-year-olds, they well, look I should alike. say that, 90-year-olds, <laughs> and they do look like each other. It's really strange uh, that they have grown to look like each other, but, you know, they they really aren't alike. Um, well, and, and I think I think there's, in some ways, people do grow more alike the longer they live together and so on, but but there's a, a, a real part of it that it, that's a myth, and, and in our observation, the best marriages are when partners continue to progress as who they are individually. And so some of the differences might actually get larger because they're expanding on their own strengths and their own abilities. And so we shouldn't we shouldn't expect our marriages to sort of make us into clones of each other. That's the point. No, exactly. Number, Number three. three, I want my spouse to complete me is a good and realistic hope for marriage. Now, I've been guilty of saying that. I, I've, I've said to some of our uh, daughter-in-laws and sons-in-law, I've yeah. said, you know, you've really completed my son or you've really completed my daughter. And I understand that. But, but in a way, it's a myth because we should all be working to complete ourselves. And, and we should support our spouse in that same personal quest. It's not about one person necessarily completing the other. It's about each of the marriage partners helping the the other marriage partner to become all that he can be. Yeah, right? but, you know, I, I have learned a lot from you. Oh, I, thank you. And hopefully <laughs> you've learned a little bit from me because we just we do rough uh, round off each other's rough edges and things that need to be. When we got married, I I could not accept a compliment. I would just deflect it. Just oh no, no, Why that's not right. That that's was. not right. Yeah, you, you, you had a hard had, time with that. I had a really hard time because you're with so that. modest and humble. No, well, you really taught me to just accept when people say something nice. Thank you so much. Um, that's not true, but thank you anyway. <laughs> no, I don't say that. I now I would have said that before, but um, now I just accept it and go on. But there are a lot of things I think we've learned from each other. Well, now here comes number four, my personal favorite, Linda. Is this a truth or a myth? A good measure of your relationship or marriage is how infrequently you disagree or argue. In other words, the better the marriage, the more com the more the compatible more you are, compatible, and the less there is any kind of disagreement. Well. You could make a good case for that, I suppose, but I personally think it's a myth. The best and most exciting marriages are between two strong individuals 
who have their own unique opinions and can discuss and debate and learn from each other. I don't think we should want to be in lockstep with each other or always on the same page or on, on important things, yes. On, on the big yeah, things, on the, on the values, on the beliefs, yes. But on so many things, there's certainly room for two opinions. And we shouldn't judge our marriages by whether we ever have a disagreement. All right. So number five, it's wise to wait to make a commitment until you're sure you're compatible and can go through hard things together. Boy, we hear that a lot today as we travel around the world. It's not it's, it's the same everywhere. People are. You know the stat. You know the statistics that marriage is going down. There are less and less people getting married. There are more and more people just moving in, cohabitating, and so often what we hear from people, and again I'm not trying to be a judge, but we hear people saying, you know, I just don't want to make a commitment until I'm sure this is going to work out. We haven't been through any hard things together. We got to be sure it works. And what we always say is, boy, that is a myth. It is the commitment that will get you through the hard times. If there's no commitment there, if this is a trial run, if you're just out there experimenting, the first really big bump that comes along in the road, you'll say, well, this isn't working. Let's split up. Well, yeah, I agree with that in general. But I do think that before you move in with each other or whatever it is, it is important to experience some hard times together. <clears throat> Remember, we used to say um, when our kids were uh, dating and so on, like, how would she do on a humanitarian expedition when it's really dirty and really hard. <laughs> or if she we, was a pioneer. We actually had some friends who took, uh, I don't know if she was a fiance now, but a serious girlfriend on um, a crazy expedition. and Just to test her out? Well, sort of. And and this guy found out that this was a high-maintenance girl. I mean, he they had just been going to movies together and, you know, having fun together and so on. And nothing hard had come. And so I think there is some merit in going through some hard times. Yeah, but you do that. You make yeah, while you're dating and while you're, you know, having a courtship and so on, you got to learn to get to know each other. But, but boy, when you do move in together, that commitment better be there or you won't stay together very long. And again, you know, the statistics, people that cohabitate without marriage. The, the chances are twice as likely in 10 years that they will no longer be together. So the next one ties in with that. Is this a truth or a myth? You wouldn't buy a car until you had taken it on a test drive, and you shouldn't marry until you've lived together long enough to know that it will work. Well, that's what I just said. Cohabiting couples don't have much of a chance of still being together in, in 10 years or even five years. Commitment commitment in marriage i think in our book when we finally get it finished next year the key word don't you agree linda the key that if you had to pick one key word it's probably going to be commitment now because there are a lot of weird things about the person that you marry i'm here to to testify things that people didn't know right there, there are just things you know. can't know and um there i mean you really have to be into it now Boy, we're really walking on thin ice here because there are some situations where in cases of abuse, in cases of um, really severe things where, you know, 
you may be totally commitment, but committed, but you can't ruin the yeah, lives there are of yourself times you have and your to children. Break that so we want to be clear about that. But just in a marriage that you need to work through things with, it really is important to be committed. This next one ties in with that too. The more relationship you've had, the more likely you'll finally find one that lasts. Boy, you know, it's funny how the world uses the word relationship now. I mean, you'll hear people say, well, I'm in a relationship. Well, I'm not in a relationship right now. Well, I'm in a relationship now as though it was, you know, some kind of a deck of cards or, or musical chairs. And, and that is such a myth because making a commitment to one relationship is what maximizes the chance of it lasting, right? Right. And number eight. The key to a good marriage is for both partners to go 50% and meet in the middle. You hear well, that a lot. I mean, hey, we're going we're gonna to form a partnership here, 50-50. we got to each give up 50%, meet right in the middle. And that's, what lead, that's a myth because that's what leads to people saying, hey, I did this for you. Why don't you do this for me? Or I, I, uh, I, I gave up this. Why don't you give up this? It's like. I want tit for tat. I want everything to balance. It's a little back to that equality thing. And that is such a myth because those of you who are married know there are times when you've got to go 90% to meet your spouse's 10%. And other times when you're not at your best and they've got to go 90% or 100%. I mean, it can't be this give and take. It's got to be you're willing to do anything for this marriage. Right, exactly. Number nine, never let the sun set on a disagreement. Whoa. <laughs> when we first got married, I have to say the person who married us gave us the worst advice we've ever had. Like that. And Don't honestly, go to sleep until you work everything oh out my for word, the day. We were staying up all night until we were so exhausted at three or four in the morning. It really was so hard because we just spent so much time exhausting ourselves instead of just saying, wait. Let's just stop. Let's talk about this tomorrow. Things will seem better. Or remove ourselves from each other, even for a few minutes helps. And just figure it out on your own and then come back. We're going to do a whole show on conflict resolution within marriage because there are a lot of myths about that. And we think the best way is to clear the air on a Sunday. Don't let a weekend without with something hanging over your head. We've got a lot more to say about that, but we'll save it for another show because we've got two more to get through here. Number 10, in marriage, some things are better left unsaid. Well, that sounds like such a tidy little motto, but it's a myth because unexpressed feelings never die. They just get buried and come forth later in uglier forms. We need to work things out. We can't have secrets or things we agree to disagree on forever. We've got to come together if we want this synergy and oneness in our marriages. Well, but we have to realize pregnancy. Um, you know, you, you wait. What <laughs> there are you? some there are some things that happen when you're pregnant that you say things that oh, are oh, so oh. off the grid that you have to you have to give yourself a break on that. Well, yeah. So you're saying uh, when you're married, uh, when you're <laughs> when you're pregnant. You'd, all all these rules are, are flying out the window. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, achievements are more important than relationships. Um, and boy, that's, that's the biggest myth of all. The one that we obviously know. Relationships is not true. are always ultimately more important than achievements. So 
we're out of time. I don't know where the time goes on ours on the road, but but we just want to tell you we welcome you as new listeners. We're going to talk candidly every week on either marriage or parenting. You're going to disagree with some of what we say and agree with other things, but it's going to stimulate you and us to keep working on this highest priority of our life, which is our families. And keep talking. We'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.